Pam Brooke and I'm Casey and, and this, this is Straight Up. Episode 2. What we're talking about today is siblings and what that looks and feels like in the system. In my time advocating in the system and working and living in it, I've heard a lot about the disconnection from people and their siblings. So as a collective, we've had yarns with our services and we collaborated with DCP about what they think they're doing right to reconnect. But we've also had yarns with the young people experiencing what it's like to have a sibling or siblings in care and the real raw, relatable conversations for others in the same position. We've had some focus groups about the issues that they are facing, and these are the topics that have been the common answers. Lacking contact with siblings, not knowing where their siblings are or if they have any, and when they will ever see them again. As a group, we have caught up and had a chat about what it is like to be in care and have siblings. Straight Up focuses on solution-based outcomes. With many life experiences, the outcomes still seem to be the same, lacking connection and contact with family helping to create that stable sibling connection like any other family. The laughter, the fights, the safety of having someone to always be on your side or in your corner, the annoying feeling of being the older or the younger sibling, the good, the bad, and the just okay. The importance of sibling placements and the contact for children and young people in and out of home care. Sibling relationships are important, and whether you live with your brothers or sisters in care, you can talk to your caseworkers and carers and your siblings' carers about how you can be supported to stay in touch with them when you turn 18 years old, especially if you move. So today we are sitting with... Nick, Jasmine, Stephanie, Bree and Colleen. What to you makes a sibling? What characteristics, what kind of personalities and what is important to you in a sibling? I guess like having a level of trust between one another like you want to feel like you can trust your sibling and also that bond of like love i might also say shared experience there because you might not have someone who's kind of a sibling by blood but someone by circumstance yes i've got a lot more friends out of family and siblings and like actual siblings because Mm. of you know I was taken away, like I was that troubled child, so I got sent home and on my merry way, and then my siblings were left in care. A lot of the time, like the kids in Resi care, like became my siblings because you're with them all the time. Mm-hmm. You was I ate dinner with them, you sat at the table with them, you went to bed on the same at the same time. Caused trouble with them. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, John? A sibling doesn't um, entirely have to be. You know, someone you're related to, so say, you know, you can make a sibling whoever. It could be a teacher, um, it could be your favourite worker, they can be your sister girl, um, you know, and whatever they do for you, whether they're there through the hardest time, doesn't matter if they could do the smallest thing, you could become the sister for giving them $5. Someone on the street could become your sister. It's just it's what we make of it, um, how we deal with life to move on, to make you know, your life better as well as that connection with whoever you're with, whether it's a sister or blood or not. Yeah, so it seems like it's a lot about the consistency of those people that are around you. Even if it's not like a consistent, like, you meet up with them all the mm. time, but just being there and, you know, like... Supportive. Someone yeah. who believes in you when yeah, yeah. no one else does. So you know who, like, that's that person. When you're in strife, you can call them and you're like, oh, I've got to call my sister. Yeah. And... To me, that's like my best friend. It's not actually one of my siblings because I don't talk to them. Someone that you know that's going to be there for you no matter what. Yeah. 
somebody that's always in your corner. It's going to have somebody with the best interest of yourself, even if you can't see it. So somebody's going to call you out on your shit as well. I think that's very important yeah. for siblings or what you see as that kind of um, lens as a sibling or sister. Like residential care was very, very one of them. You make, you make your family there. You make your family with that kind of um, environment. Good, bad or ugly, don't get me wrong. Like we all wanted a box on like we were actual siblings and we also wanted to bring each other up like we were as well. Um, and it's it's about, yeah, who's who is going to be there when you actually need them. It's that consistent, yeah, that consistency. It's that connection. It's that... Consistent you, trust in you, someone. Yeah, it's that trust. It's, it's, it's those things that you don't need to tell them everything and they understand that as well. Do you know, it's that transparency goes both ways. It's a two-way street. I think that's what a sibling and what makes a sibling, you know, it's not blood. Blood, blood's fuck all to us kids, you know, like blood, yeah, water runs thicker than blood in our mob. Um, so it is finding that safe, safe person. A safe person is a sibling, a safe connection. No judgment, you know. Um, and if there is judgment, like it, as long as it's coming from a place of concern, they've usually got your best interests at heart. Yeah, yeah. And it goes both ways. I think that's the one thing when it comes to siblings. It has to be both ways, but it's not always the fifty-fifty, seventy-thirty, twenty-ten. Depends, however, what way and what levels these are at in that um, time in your life, you know. So how often do you guys all get to see your siblings now that all of you are out of care and while you were in care as well? So I haven't seen my siblings since I was 17. Um, but when I was seeing them, it was very like, we never really had a set time. We could see each other every week. We could go two months without seeing each other. But every time we saw each other, we'd only get that one hour. Mm-hmm. Because you guys weren't placed together, you were in... Originally we were placed together, but then yep. some altercations happened at the kinship home between me and the family member we were living with. So then I got placed into Rosie Care. Yep. And I, I would see them at school. The teachers tried to help accommodate by, like, you know, letting me go to their classes, help them with schoolwork, because I was, like, so far ahead in certain subjects. Like, so teachers tried to help with getting me to see them every day. But once I moved and stopped going to school, that completely changed. I could go months without seeing my siblings. What? Major occasions at, like Christmas, Easter? That was about it. That, that was the only real guaranteed times. And even then, uh, any other time like that, one hour, I think three or four times in my entire time that I was in Resi that I actually saw my brother that wasn't to do with a family occasion. Um, and then now when I actually transitioned down independent living, I'm out north. They're in the inner eastern suburbs. So for me to go see my brother or my mum or my nana or any other of my family members, it's a 45-minute drive. So it's been like months since I last saw most of my family. Being out of care now, I have the ability to see them as frequency frequent as I want, um, as much as I want, as less as I want, due to having that freedom um, and being out of the system. Um, it was obviously a lot different um, when I was a lot younger. Um, you had to have approval, um, and even sometimes that take too long. 
um, and then it would make you want to go see them because maybe you had something planned and then you asked too late and then you didn't get the approval in time, you're still going to go. I mean, that's what my mind frame was. And a lot of the time, because of, you know, unfortunate where my, um, who my sisters chose to be with, they also um, didn't have the safe environment around them. So therefore that was deemed it was unsafe for me, even though I grew up with that. Um, don't know how that works but at the end of the day um if environment's not and if environment is unsafe in the slightest way it is a big big no back then um have no idea if it is still now um i would hope not that it's like that it needs to change well i lived with my siblings i went into um foster care when i was three and stayed there till I was 14 with my um, three younger siblings. And I barely ever seen my brother, my older brother. But then when I um, went into resi care, um, I wasn't allowed to see them. And if it was, it was once a month. But then sometimes I was going 10 months without seeing them. And now as an adult, I haven't seen two of my younger siblings for 10 months. And I see one of my sisters... Um, once a month, but I don't see them for birthdays, Christmases. So I just see them on a Thursday, four to five, once a month. And if I can't get there, i got to wait until the next month. See, with my siblings, there's 14 of us. So some, I don't speak to the one that's older than me. Um, but the ones that are younger than me, the ones that are adolescents, I choose when and when not I can see them. Um, but the ones that are still like in care and stuff. I don't think I've seen my youngest sister for like three years, maybe four years now. Um, like every now and then, like I'll see some of my siblings, like when they're at the shops or something, but no organized accesses have been for like four years. Um, no communication with caseworkers, nothing like once, like when I was younger, once I had my daughter, they like told my siblings, oh, you can't see her. She's trouble, she's a slut. Like, they, like, gave me a name before I could even make a name for myself kind of thing. Um, and I feel like that's a bit wrong. Like, you know, I was the older sibling that they were saying, oh, you can't be around. And then I seen a lot of younger people that, like, weren't allowed around the older siblings because they were either out of care or, you know, stuff like that there. Once you're older, you're not allowed to have anything to do with the younger ones. And I feel like, I don't know, I just didn't like it. And I still don't like it. When you were in care, were you in care with any of your siblings as when well? When we first went into care, we was all together. And then we went to another placement. We was in, like, it's like a housing house. It's semi-detached. Like, half of us were in one side, half of us were in the other. And then we all moved to another placement. We was all together in the one house. And then because of an incident with carers where they were found having intercourse on our lounge and stuff and I spoke up because it's a bit inappropriate they were calling me a slut so then they moved I've acted out and I threw a TV at the carer and so they moved me and said that I'd thrown it at my sister which I didn't she was actually asleep on my bed so like they lied to get me removed from my siblings and said I was unsafe mm. but then moved them siblings with me anyways and then once I moved from that sibling house into my own like another house the sibling contact like it was meant to be like every weekend like we done something or you know after school 
a couple of times of the week was when I'd have dinner together, but it just like just dropped off. And then as soon as I found out I was pregnant, they were like, oh, you can go home to your mum. But as soon as I was home with my mum, they're like, oh, you can't live here or we're going to take your kid too. So it just, my siblings didn't get to know like their niece or their nephew and stuff because yeah. I wasn't allowed to see them as their older sibling because I had children and I'd left care. Um, yeah, it was me and my sister, sister placed together. We were for a bit. It was, yeah, in kinship care with my nan. Um, but like I have seven other siblings in WA, so access to that was always, that was on my nan's terms. So like my nan implemented a lot of visitations there and that was only twice, three times, um, growing up. Um, but like to be able to, yeah, get the access, get the approval, get the flights, get all of that stuff. There was still a lot of hoops to jump, like my siblings and my dad and my stepmom. They still had to send pictures of their house to DCP in Adelaide, so they did a safety check from Adelaide to WA, if that makes sense. And just all of those kind of, like, tricky kind of things to make a sibling connection easy. Like, it just wasn't easy whatsoever. So, like, one in every three years I'd go see my siblings, and that's the whole from from having seven siblings you know like that's a whole three years of that's like an uh, adolescence you know by the time i get back there like my brother's got his voice changing and shit you know so i don't recognize them but out of care um it's all on my terms you know what i mean like i I get to pick and choose when i want to see them um and my sister's been placed with my nan her entire life so whenever i go see my nan i do see my sister um but, yeah, just the approvals and the sleepovers and all of those forms and all of those procedures you had to have just to be able to see a sibling was too hard for residential care people or too hard for foster parents to keep attainable. Yeah. It was it was just too many forms. Just to get a photo in care, you literally needed a form signed back in the day. So to be able to have a sleepover or an access with your sibling mm-hmm. that is organised between two different parents or two different carers or with or without social workers it was yeah it was very difficult but living with my sibling was also difficult do you know what I mean because like she had cerebral palsy so me and her like clashed because I thought her she was getting cared for more by my nan so I was like fuck this you know and I'd run away to my mum's house so then again deemed unsafe then again removed from that due to the fact of me being I don't know absconding or whatever they called it back in the day yeah um and a naughty kid so then i was removed from my sister a bad role model for her exactly her. exactly even though she and was older than it, me like so that makes sense. us being removed from our parents is like a traumatic experience yeah. but then removed being split siblings. up from siblings it like it's worse it's like they're tearing us out of us at the same time because yeah. our siblings are a part of Exactly. And like, just as, as you were saying, like school really touched base on that. Like we all went to the same school. We all did that kind of thing. So I was able to see her from nine to three and we walked home back to Nan's house together, but then we'd go our separate ways. So, and just like, even in the school environment, like she'd get like a proper lunch and I'd get like fucking nothing. So like, it was just those different dynamics and that different care. And I was recognizing the different treatment in it all. And take notice of it all too. Especially as a kid, that's the first thing you pinpoint. Why does she got a bicky with a smiley face on it and I got no lunch? You know, that makes no sense. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the trickier parts about seeing my siblings, to see the kinship side of it all cared for, whereas the system side, just very neglected. It's very different. Like they say parents neglect you, whereas in a system, I felt 
a bit more like obviously my home environment when I was a child wasn't, wasn't suitable. suitable. Yeah. But in saying that, when I went to care, it wasn't much better except they cleaned up. But the but the treatment was the same. That everything else was exactly the same, and I was still exposed to everything else that I was when I was in my mother's care. The only thing was the environment was clean. Yeah. Yeah. And there was more rules. And, and like, like another thing to add, like obviously it's an experience from siblings, but even when my children went to care, like what, when they came back, they transitioned back. So my son was left in my care the whole time and then one come back and then another one come back and then two come back and they, like, you know, having accesses between them transitioning home was why is he home or why is she home already and I'm still here? Why do they get to go with you to... Like, why are you dropping them off at school and not us? Why are you picking them up and not us? So, it's like, I had good questions. social workers when I had my children removed, though. Like, they actually worked with me and listened to me and um, stuff. But when I was in care, they were complete crap, complete no communication, problems. nothing. So, I have seen progress since being in care to, like... So if you guys were the head of DCP, based on your experience, what would you change right now for siblings? I would make sure they can see each other every day. I'd make sure it was like, if it was safe, to make sure that they had more sibling contact. And if it was an unsafe environment where they were staying, at least have it via phone or, you know, something like take them out of that place and then do it somewhere else because I feel like sibling contact should be a number one focus when you've got X amount of children, whether they're in care, out of care, whatever. When one's in care, they should still remain connected. Um, trying to keep siblings together as much as possible, um, whether that be, like, even if they can't be in the same house, make sure they're at the same school or, like, in the same area so then it's easy for them to, you know, catch up and see each other and not be so distant and have that barrier between them. If I was the head of DCB, I would, um, yeah, reunificate siblings where as possible. I would make it a family-orientated kind of framework, you know, and hear from the young people if they do want to be engaged with their siblings and deem it from that, like if they want to be connected. Um, I would harness, yeah, the young children's voices instead of the adults, you know, and what matters to these kids about what is important to, for you to have a connection with your sibling? What do you want to do? How do you want to achieve that? What does that look like, you know? Um, if I was head of DCB, I'd just go straight to the kids and yarn with them about what what is important about siblings to them and trying to change the systems and implement some different strategic plans. Right so now. letting the kids have the voice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So if I was head honcho at DCP, I would definitely be using the children in the sense of tell me what you think is best. I'm I'm an old fart. You're in the your car you know what the exactly what's happening right now. Mm. What I know is like a couple of years old at best. So tell me what works. Do you, do you even want to see your sibling to begin with? If you don't that's fine. But the option's always there if you ever want to see them, they will always be there. Um I would also look for events as well. I'd make sure it just wouldn't be at Macca's for an hour. Um, but if let's say I knew those two loved cars, I'd go, you know what? I'm going to make sure they get tickets to the Adelaide 500 for the full weekend because then they've got something that they both love and both make good memories there. And hell, I'd even just chuck them 
pocket money to go get merch while they're there. That's what I do. Make it very much child driven and a bit more quality time spent, yes, not quality, just quality, not just quantity. Yeah. Because yeah. when you don't see your siblings for the amount of time, like the one hour, you're actually like you're kind of getting used, used to them to again, and then you get like comfortable, and then you're like getting taken away yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was the head of JCP, I'd probably change everything. Um, I guess one of the biggest things with siblings, um, whether it's one sibling or all siblings. Um, the biggest thing is they take, well, they're removed unnecessary, um, even if it's for unnecessary reasons. They can see all the points. They can see that person is doing well, but because of one thing, they need to act on it. So the biggest thing that I could have, um, well, the biggest thing that could have helped my family and my mum is if they kept me there because I was the only one that went from them and they could have supported her in every way possible, whether it was vouchers, whether it was transport for school. There were only little things that my mum struggled on. Otherwise, she was she pretty much, you know, put us in line in the way best way she could. That's where I feel where reunification comes in so much. You like the school, going to um, the same sporting. Um, there's... You know, there's those certain Aboriginal agencies as well, like Curiello, um, Kuru, um, where they can be more culturally connected, not just um, a sibling connection. So there's that connection. There's so many things that they can do, but I would want them to stay together no matter what. Even if it was a bad environment, make it better for them, not take them. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my opinion. So what do you guys think you'd like to see in five years' time from DCP? More siblings staying connected. 100%. The statistics of sibling removals down, like, you know, and the statistics of these kids staying together up, you know. And I feel like if they're going to take one kid, take all of them. And if it's safe enough for other ones to stay, then why isn't that safe enough for all of them to stay? Yeah. And if they feel like it's not safe because they're younger, they're more vulnerable, then get that person support. So then they're, like as you have said before, like, make it about the children. Like, you might say that this is unsafe, but then is there an agency that can help support her to make it safe or him, you know, like, because mums and dads. But, like, so then the siblings can stay connected because them being removed separately, that tears their bond. That's not just the parents not parent anymore. being, you know, in yeah, trouble kind of thing, yeah. you know. That's the children suffering because of their parents doing And sometimes, you know what they're taken for isn't a big thing but like I've seen a lot of people get away with like almost blue murder and not have children removed and then you've got ones that are like you know they just struggle on how to budget their moves like and stuff like I don't know but I would just try and make sure that the siblings stayed connected in the safest way possible I think like also making sure carers and workers and staff members have more training when it comes to mental health and childhood trauma because I didn't have a very good experience when it came to those certain subjects and then I would act out because of that and then deemed unsafe to be around my siblings. So I think more mandatory training in those subjects could really help. In five years' time, I'd like to see more reunifications. Um, 
more houses built so they can suit um to put siblings together in the houses but if they have well like dcp say a troubled sibling maybe having a more specialized team so then they can help get the connection with their sibling and help them get back on the right track and make sure they're um they're reaching what they want to do but as a like as a team because siblings are a team but they're not when they're separated extra support in the home so yeah. if there's a troubled child just have understand more. why they're troubled what's the yeah. root cause Sup- and support work the root them cause. And don't, just don't just sweep it under the rug and let it fester for a couple of years just just a bit more training overall yeah. by the people that are involved with you guys so yeah. that that communication yeah. though that's the thing in five yeah. years time I want to see DCP involving every child in their actions against yeah. their child well not against but for the child's and, life and yeah. implementation yeah. you know when it comes to the annual reviews this kid needs to be at every meeting that is about their life as long as it's not too overwhelming even if it is too overwhelming get somebody there as a support person you need to be able to have these conversations we need to not shy away from the topics of why we're removed what's going on in the system why we can't see siblings it needs to be that open communication that transparency also give them a better idea of what's going to be best yeah and that's it scaffolding you need a scaffold listen to them and like say as if like they say, oh, I just want to be back with my mum, but it's just like a drug house full of, like, crack whores and mm. whatever else. Like, just explain yeah. to them, like, but it's unsafe, but then, like, tell them, like, you know, these are work the things that we can them. work with, with and, like, you know, show them, show them don't opportunities. Don't just say, you know, it's unsafe. So and not all together right it's there. working with not yeah. against. It's a yeah. collaborative decision, and that's the thing, and that's what DCP needs to start. And, yeah, if it has to, yeah, as you said, if something has to be said, no, what, like, don't say just no because at least say me with my autism if you don't know to me i'm just going to sit there and wonder what when where why yeah like next example why wasn't i allowed car books it could have been well you keep talking about them too much like Mm -hmm. but let's work around this so that way maybe we take you to groups to learn how to talk about stuff other than cars Mm -hmm. so that way when you talk to us it say yeah well let's do something else yeah (laughs) thanks for listening till next time email straight up is a part of gom central project you can find out more about gom central by visiting the gomcentral.elmplace.org.au or join us on facebook gom central is delivered by postcare support services and funded by the department of child protection if you have left care or are about to leave care and are struggling with any issues get in touch with postcare support services on 1800 188 118 your hosts are Brooke Oliver and Casey. This podcast was created on Ghana country. We wish to acknowledge the Ghana people and all of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians, a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, economic connection with the land and seas. Big thank you to all these strong young people coming in and sharing their experiences, creating a better future for the next generation and to help educate workers and carers and so many more. It's important to get these voices heard and things change for a more normal experience in the future for people in care.